This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Breastfeeding by Lucy Rubin and Dr. Amanda Groudon. By the end of this video, the learner will be able to describe the benefits of breast milk, understand the physiology of breastfeeding, counsel new mothers and families about nutrition for their infant, and discuss some of the common breastfeeding challenges and potential solutions. Introduction. Breastfeeding is an important aspect of infant health and nutrition. Providers who care for newborns should include breastfeeding counseling as part of their routine care as many families require support and education to meet their breastfeeding goals. Many professional organizations, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and the American Academy of Family Physicians, recommend exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life. The Department of Health and Human Services Healthy People Goals to have infants exclusively breastfed for six months. Some of the data indicate rates have improved from 13.6% in 2010 to 22.3% in 2013, with 51.8% still receiving some breastfeeding at six months. To reach the goals of increased exclusive breastfeeding, birth hospital, healthcare provider, and workplace support and promotion of breastfeeding is necessary. Benefits. Breastfeeding has numerous health benefits for both the infant and the mother. Infants who are breastfed have lower rates of otitis media, respiratory infections, gastroenteritis, and sudden infant death syndrome. Breast milk helps the gastrointestinal tract to mature, which is particularly important in premature infants who are at risk for necrotizing enterocolitis. In the long term, breastfeeding protects an infant against future atopic disease, inflammatory bowel disease, obesity, and diabetes. For mothers, breastfeeding can decrease the risk of breast and ovarian cancer and may aid in post-pregnancy weight loss. For the whole family, breastfeeding has economic benefits. It's free and can help facilitate emotional attachment between mom and baby. Physiology. Initially after birth, a new mother will produce colostrum, which is a low volume yellow liquid concentrated with protein and antibodies until her milk comes in around 48 to 72 hours postpartum. The primary hormone involved with milk production is prolactin, and the primary hormone with milk expression is oxytocin. Frequent suckling leads to increased production of these two hormones from the maternal pituitary gland, helping to establish milk supply. Effective breastfeeding or milk removal with a breast pump is essential to ongoing breast milk production. Lactation can be induced by adoptive or non-birth mothers using the same principle of frequent hormonal and breast stimulation. This can be initiated before birth with pumping and continued after birth with skin-to-skin -skin contact and regular suckling. Counseling. It is important to encourage skin-to-skin -skin contact and frequent feeding, at least eight times in every 24 hours. New parents should be taught about infant feeding cues so they can recognize when their baby is hungry and ready to feed. Healthy babies can breastfeed on demand or whenever they indicate that they are ready to feed with behaviors such as bringing their hands to their mouths and becoming fussy. In order to encourage successful latching, the infant should be unswaddled and placed on mom's bare chest in a calm, quiet environment. 
One preferred or helpful position for learning to breastfeed is with mom sitting back, supported, and baby in a prone position on the chest, able to freely move toward the breast. A successful latch happens when the baby has her mouth over most of the areola and achieves an organized sucking pattern. Most infants will come off the breast when they are full. It is important to help new parents distinguish between non-nutritive comfort suckling and effective feeding with swallowing. Once milk supply is established, it is important to assess urine output, stooling patterns, and weight trends to make sure the infant is getting enough. Urine output may be slow at first, and stools will transition over the first few days from meconium to yellow and seedy. By day of life five, the baby should be making six to eight wet diapers and three to five stools per day. Weight loss is common in newborns, but weight loss of greater than 7% in the first week of life can indicate a problem with feeding. Birth weight should be regained by about two weeks of life. An infant who is breastfeeding well should gain about 20 to 30 grams per day. Ask the mother how she feels that breastfeeding is going. She may note that her breasts feel firm and full prior to feeding and softer upon completion. Many mothers also feel a letdown reflex as their milk starts to flow. She can also listen for swallowing as a sign of milk transfer and should be able to see milk in the baby's mouth. If adequate breastfeeding cannot be established as indicated by excessive weight loss or suboptimal urine and stool output, first steps should be to provide additional breastfeeding counseling and support from a lactation consultant if possible. The infant should also be examined for possible oral motor abnormalities such as ankyloglossia, which can make breastfeeding more difficult. The mother should be encouraged to pump her breast milk to feed the baby and improve her milk production if supply is low. If she is unable to express enough breast milk to feed the baby, then supplementation with formula may be necessary. There are a few other scenarios in which the use of formula is recommended. Contraindications to breastfeeding include classic galactosemia, maternal HIV infection, active tuberculosis, or active herpes simplex virus on the breast. Maternal substance abuse requires careful consideration since drugs such as heroin, cocaine, and marijuana do pass into the breast milk. Mothers enrolled in substance abuse treatment programs and receiving opiate prescription therapy such as methadone or suboxone can breastfeed. Some medications are not safe to take when breastfeeding, such as amphetamines, ergotamines, statins, and many chemotherapy drugs. Additionally, some medications decrease milk supply. For the breastfeeding safety profile of specific drugs, it is recommended to check the Drugs and Lactation Database, or LACMED, published by the NIH. In addition to formula alternatives, donor breast milk may be an option in certain scenarios. Due to the financial cost of pasteurization and storage, it is not a long-term solution. Pasteurized human donor milk is commonly used in hospitals for premature or medically complex infants to maintain exclusive breast milk feeding or in the short term for healthy newborns until a mother's own milk is available. Challenges New families may experience challenges to exclusive breastfeeding, including lack of education and preparation from healthcare providers. A common reason that women give up breastfeeding is sore breasts and nipples, which tends to be worst in the first couple weeks of lactation. This is often due to poor latch, so a visit with a lactation consultant may be helpful. In addition to latch adjustment, application of mom's own express breast milk can help with nipple pain. Warm showers and hand expression can help with engorgement. Another reason for cessation of breastfeeding is concern about adequate breast milk production. When the issue comes up, it is helpful to encourage increased frequency of feeds, assess latch and milk transfer, 
and ensure that close follow-up is in place. Pumping for 5 to 10 minutes after each breastfeeding session may also help with providing additional stimulation. After the immediate postpartum period, mothers often face barriers when transitioning back to work, commonly including a short maternity leave and lack of support in the workplace. Under U.S. federal law enacted in 2010, employers are required to provide nursing mothers with adequate break time and a private place to express breast milk that is not a bathroom. Most insurance plans now cover a small portable breast pump that can be used when mom is separated from her baby for work or school. Conclusion Follow-up with a pediatrician should be established within the first five days of life for evaluation of feeding and weight gain. All breastfed infants should receive supplementation with vitamin D daily. Beginning at four months of life, supplementation with iron should be initiated and continued until iron-containing foods are introduced. Exclusive breastfeeding should be maintained for about six months, after which time foods containing iron and zinc should be introduced. In summary, breastfeeding is the preferred form of infant nutrition in the first 6-12 to 12 months of life and confers many health benefits for both infants and mothers. If a baby is unable to breastfeed and mother's own breast milk is not available, formula feeding is a safe alternative. Prenatal counseling by the obstetrician as well as postnatal support of breastfeeding is crucial, and lactation consultants can be a valuable resource for new moms. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.